Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hey ladies, this is Dr. Lauren, your host of the She Slays the Day podcast, and I'm really excited to be recording today. Um, little behind the scenes action. I don't actually record uh, Sunday's episode one a week. I usually batch. Um, and especially with like all the craziness that was happening in my world in August, I had recorded like four um, in a week in August. And so it's been like weeks and I was, I was missing my microphone. So now I'm here and we are doing a topic today. Um, I was kind of waiting as to when this was going to show up because it's something I've had to work so hard on in my life. It keeps showing up. It's like this person is me. It's not me. I swear it's a different person. Um, But it's the idea of a happiness hangover and why sometimes we feel like shit after really good things and you should feel really good. And so why this is perfectly timed is I was just on vacation with my family last week um, in Door County, Wisconsin. It is amazing. If y'all have not been to Door County, even if you are in a cool place of the world like San Diego or Seattle, Door County, Wisconsin is like a more affordable and less busy Cape Cod. Um, and I've been to Cape Cod, so I feel like I can say that. And it's cheaper, too. Um, so, yeah, just really, really nice. We stayed on the beach with uh, my husband and I and my two kids. Our two kids. His, I guess he can have them, too. Um, and my parents came over. And some lady on day one. Okay, so a couple things that really did, distracted from the trip. On day one, this lady who's like had a cabin on Lake Michigan for decades is walking the beach and tells me that like Lake Michigan has all these different rocks. Um, and it's like one of the most geological cool things in the world. And then she tells me that there's even diamonds in the water. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, have you found a diamond? And she's like, no, but my friend found a seven carat diamond. And I'm like, you're Okay, so guess what I did the rest of the trip? I'm like looking up and down the beach. Just hours, literally hours were spent looking for diamonds. And I didn't find any. Also, our tiny cabin was haunted and that also kind of ruined it. But whatever, that's a story for a different time. Um, oh, 
Anyways, so that's pertinent because we're driving home and we got home the day before Labor Day, so on Sunday. And on Monday, we were hanging out with friends and family and everyone's like, oh, do you just feel so rested and relaxed? Are you just like, you know, it's kind of that like, oh, was vacation just amazing? And I wanted to be like, yes, I am blissed out of my mind. My adrenal glands are completely replenished. And both my husband and I were kind of like, meh, the vacation was great, but I don't feel as good as I should. Um... You know, and all, there's other, so many other times not related to vacation that this has happened. So anyways, so this, when I needed to come record this week's episode, I was like, yep, yeah, this is the time to answer this question. So we're going to start with a review, and then we'll do a prayer, and then we'll dig into the question. Okay, so this, uh, this review is from Ashes34, and it says, okay, y'all, found my new favorite podcast. This doc is real and funny. Her advice is on point. I agree 100% with what she advises. Oh, man. I have so many different... Now I just want to play with that. Never mind. Um, cannot wait for more. Women Kairos, this is a must check out. Thank you, Ashes34. And um, it's been a hot minute since we've gotten a new review. So if you want your review read, please... Yeah, you have to write the reviews. Um, but I, I won't read your review if you read... If you do one star. No, actually, that's not true. I completely disagree with that. I, my personality is that I would totally be like, you guys, I have to tell you what this person said about me. Dr. Lauren doesn't know. No, anyways, I probably would. So let's prayer and prayer. Let's pray and center ourselves and then we will dig in. God, help us find the balance between drive and peace. That is so much about what today's topic is on, is finding self-worth and being content with us as we are and just realizing that we don't have to prove to ourselves or to the world. And we definitely don't need to prove to you how accepted and worthy we are. Uh, help us as a society learn the difference between being content and stagnant. We know you want us to grow. We know you don't want us to just uh, do nothing with our lives. You put seeds in us of passion and purpose and fuel to get that done. Um, Jesus didn't sit on a couch and eat Cheetos. And we know that we just need to find how to remove ourselves and the ego from that drive and get done what you want us to get done, but then also simultaneously be okay with if we got nothing done, that you'd be okay with that. It's a huge concept. God, I'm still working on this. All right. Love you lots. Bye. Amen. That's what you're supposed to say. Not bye. Okay. So let's read the question. This question comes from Dr. Amy. So it says, as an associate, I struggle with this, but even when I owned my own practice, I had a lot of these feelings I didn't recognize. I want to be needed. I want to be wanted, and I want someone to tell me I did a good job. You guessed it, I'm a millennial. I hey, you be good to yourself, Amy. Like I know lots of millennials who don't deal with, or who deal with the same thing. So I struggle because I'm not always sure my boss, my staff, my community recognizes what I do and requiring constant validation is unrealistic and I'm not going to start boasting about all that I do, but sometimes I struggle with the idea of is anyone even noticing? Would anyone care if I stopped? Then in the next minute I go, well, then I'll have to do more. If I do twice as much, they'll for sure notice. Just go back to the first way of thinking and the next thought. Overall, 
it's frustrating. And at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing matters and I know I'm appreciated, but how are some self-validation ways to find peace with my accomplishments? Whoa, Jesus. Okay, so... I mean, first of all, this question, uh, lovingly, Amy, is all over the place and will, I mean, this is kind of like my life and problem as a person in a nutshell. So I'm going to kind of dig in and it'll probably end up only answering a portion of your question, but I think it's going to be real good. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take everyone back to 2001 Okay. Oh, I think, oh, I should have researched about that time. And there was a song that was very popular by a very not known artist called Vitamin C. And I believe the name of the song was Graduation. And if not, if you type in Vitamin C Graduation song, you will find this song. So I am somewhere in like eighth grade to sophomore year, I think. Um, and I, when this song was popular, I had the CD and I loaded into my like six CD, like stereo that was in my room. And I listened to this song on repeat. And I remember just thinking, and I would cry in my room, just crying, thinking about how amazing when I graduate high school, it's going to be, and it's going to be beautiful. And I'm going to cry and I'm listening to the song and I would just repeat and I would listen over and over and just think of how I was going to feel on graduation day and how you know, amazing it was going to be. And it would just be so emotional. So um, I did not cry at all on graduation day, not because I'm a heartless bitch, but I mean, I'm kind of a heartless bitch, uh, but like just because it wasn't as emotional as I thought it was going to be uh, that finish line was quickly replaced with like, so who's got the coolest graduation party? Oh, so-and-so's got it catered. And like, and who's going here? And then like, I found out one of my best friends was pregnant and like life just kind of kept happening. And so there wasn't a finish line. All of a sudden the finish line got moved from graduation day until the day we left for college. And then that finish line got moved and moved and moved and moved. Um, you know, and then fast forward, I don't know, 10 years or so, uh, I spent about a year really working on a project for a big chiropractic organization. It was an idea that I had, I approached them. It was very, very cool. It was pediatric based. It was like a huge pediatric campaign. Um, it was going well. I had spreadsheets, I had marketing campaigns, I had content, I had emails. Um, it went off amazing. And then after the day, it was like a one day event that happened. And um, I mean, tens of thousands of people were affected by this day. Like, I'm not trying to boast like it was because it wasn't me. It was other chiropractors that were doing the work. Um, I had just kind of orchestrated them. I should have felt like I got an award for this a service award because of how cool of a thing it was. And what happened shortly after was I got depressed, like the weeks that followed. I should have been on cloud nine, but even the night of the event, Kirby was like, oh my gosh, do you just feel like you accomplished so much? And I was like, I'm kind of just sad. And he's like, what? Why are you sad? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of meh. And then like, and so it's this weird phenomenon 
that I don't know if every different personality can relate to. I'm an Enneagram 3, which means my life is all based around achievement. Um, and I can just read through the words of Dr. Amy that she's, well, actually I know Dr. Amy and she's not a 3. Uh, I think she's a 5. Anyways, um, so I think that lots of different personality types experience this, but hopefully I'm not just the only crazy person. So I've done the work on this. That's the whole point is that like this has showed up many times in my life in different forms, uh, you know, whether it's off vacation or after receiving an award that I worked my butt off or a half marathon, my first half marathon. It's it's a very common thing. she slayers so i have a really cool app that we started using in our clinic a few months ago and have been getting such great feedback from patients that i want to share with you so it's called the progressive app and you can go to she slays savings on our website for more information on how to find them but here's what it is so it's this app that is created for chiropractors who really focus on prenatal and pediatrics it's got beautiful resources and tools that complement the care that we do in our clinic but save time because i don't know if if you've heard me say this or not, but I really don't like talking about stretches and exercises in practice. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't want my pregnant patients to be doing them. It doesn't mean I don't want my kids that I'm seeing to be doing these brain exercises. I just don't want to take time to do it. So this app allows me to grow my practice and have my patients get all of those amazing resources without me spending the time doing them. So there's two ways that you can use it. Our clinic is using it as an app. So my patients literally think we're all fancy and like have our own app that I had built. No. Um, or you can put it just into your website. So email support at connectedandinspired.com if you have questions. But if you sign up and you mention see she slays in the subject line of your email, you will get 20% off your first month. So we're going to start by talking about like just the brain chemistry, the stuff that we don't have any control over. Um, and I had to do some research. Okay, sub note, I am not a psychologist, but I am going to throw some psychological terms at you. I'm also not a neurologist, even though I am a chiropractor. I should know way more about the brain, but I don't. But hey, here I am with a microphone, so you have to listen to me. So let's think about just the premise of like coming off vacation. Uh, I know she's not talking about vacation, but this is another time that it really shows up where people feel kind of that like, Bleh. so whether you're coming off vacation or you've just been working your ass off on a project, typically on the other side of that, we'll just call it finish line, the day you're back from vacation um, or the day that the project launches, you have likely driven your body into a term called adrenal fatigue. Now, Kairos, I know that you know what this means, but I'm going to be a little more um, lay person because we do have a lot of lay people who listen. Lay people is kind of um, a patronizing term. Oh, I don't like that. Non-Kairos, we'll call it. Okay, so uh, adrenal fatigue is like... Very long story short, you have a gland called your adrenal glands. It secretes adrenaline. And that is what's secreted when your body is in fight or flight. Uh, typically, this is the standard American lifestyle from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep. We're just go, 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 go. 
Now, this is escalated when you're really in go-go mode. So maybe it's during finals time. Um, maybe it is, like I said, you're working for a half marathon or a competition or launching a project, writing a book, like, and you have a deadline. All of those things, you're like burning the candle at both ends, waking up early, sleeping late, fueling yourself on coffee. Now, on vacation, you can also kind of go into adrenal fatigue. It's for a slightly different reason. It's not because you're working your ass off. It's because mostly poor diet and sedentary life. Because the keys to getting out of adrenal fatigue are going to be things like water, meditation, gentle mo motions like yoga, reading, um, you know, all of that. And I don't know if you guys vacation like I do, but I um, typically go from like coffee and Doritos then to, to Bloody Mary because that's like the intro, the international intro drink to day drinking or rosé. Rosé is kind of making a comeback um, or not a comeback. It's like really like creating itself as a... Uh, as a morning drink. Anyways, wow, this went south. Anyway, okay, so my point is, is that I come off a of vacation like, oops, water, that's a thing. Oh, exercise. Yeah, I wasn't really in the mood to do that. Um, fueling my brain with like People magazine and like junk magazines and way too much social media. So from vacation, I come back, or maybe you're traveling Europe and you are go, go, go. But either way, you come back from vacation and you're just like, you can also be in this like type of state. So one of the ways that I kind of get around that, by the way, is I've started coming back one day early. So if I need to be to work on Monday, I come back Saturday, not Sunday. And I allow myself to have that Sunday as a day to kind of just feel all the feelings. So there's a psychological term called a post-reinforcement pause. I tried figuring it out for you guys. I, it, there's like a bunch of mice involved and like how long they wait after they get a crumb or, a, you know, whatever. But basically, the premise is that after we've been delivered kind of our goal or like the dopamine rush of happiness, uh, our body psychologically just needs to pause. Like we can't go right into the next thing. But so many of us are like, okay, if we have to be to work on Monday, I will uh, get home Sunday night at 8 p.m. Or if you've launched a product, like if the product launches on a Tuesday at noon, you're like, fantastic. I don't have to start adjusting until three, so that, that'll, that'll be perfect. And in reality, what the best thing we could do for our brains to kind of combat this adrenal fatigue is just schedule in the pause. Know that your body is gonna need a second to recover. So this means if you have a major thing happening, let's say that I'm running a half marathon on a Saturday, on Sunday, I want to mentally prepare for, and this sounds stupid, but like I want to mentally prepare for feelings of emptiness. I want to mentally prepare for like nothing, to allow my body to just drink water and feel feelings and be okay with it and not expect anything of it. And if I'm not feeling that, that's great. If I'm like, woohoo, let's go do something, that's good. But just being understanding and not scheduling all of that stuff in is really gonna allow your body to, your brain to transition gracefully off of that high. 
So there's another phrase that, or a psychological phrase that goes with that high, and that's called opponent process theory. So that is the neurological hormonal pendulum swing that our brain traditionally does. So within, or with, not within chiropractic, within uh, science and healthcare, I don't know the word I'm looking for. There's a word called homeostasis, DCs. Yep, I know, you know what this is. Um, but homeostasis is basically our body's just resting place. Like what is our natural normal state? So when we experience a high, the emotions and all of the hormones that are happening during that is not within our body's homeostasis. So what we think is gonna happen is that, like if you view a pendulum swinging to one way to this good high, what we expect is on Monday, that pendulum's just gonna find like middle, right? But like, duh, that's not how things work. That pendulum has to swing back the opposite way in order to find homeostasis. And this has been proven psychologically to happen that we are more likely after a high for our brain to find a low in its process of returning back. So again, schedule that low in. If it doesn't happen, awesome, but you're not gonna find yourself on a Monday morning going like, well, why am I sad? I don't get it, I should be happy. You're like, huh, yeah, of course this happened. The pendulum is swinging. Um, apparently when I was researching opponent process theory, this happens even in times of sadness. I don't think any of us recognize it because we are much more likely to acknowledge and recognize sadness. Um, but there were studies that found that people who experienced great loss, as their body returned homeostasis, they found actually great, greater than expected joy. But again, our brain is wired to overlook good moments and to only focus on like, why am I sad? So that's the brain chemistry. When you're, th I mean, and of course, there's so much more. This is not a science podcast. Maybe you don't know that. Um, but, you know, there is so much more that's happening. The point is to realize that a lot of that is out of our control. And so to realize that when you're feeling the feelings, one of the best things you can do is just observe it and go, hmm, that's interesting that I'm doing that and to not judge it. Hey ladies, so I have a super awesome Lady Cairo to share with you who's artistic and awesome and innovative and filling my clinics with gorgeous watercolor paintings. So Sandy Arthur is the artist behind some absolutely stunning watercolors of the musculoskeletal system and of course our favorite, the vertebrae and spine. Um, she also just came out with really cute they're so pretty uh, stickers and I can't wait to stick them all over my water bottle and my computer and anything else I can stick a sticker on. So follow at Sandy Spines on Instagram or find her Etsy store. Uh, we have a super exclusive discount code for you though. So if you enter she slays in all caps when checking out in her Etsy store to save 10%, 10% off your order you guys and you'll get a free stick sticker. And seriously, they're adorable. So for more information on Sandy, how to follow her, get in contact with her, her artwork, or how to use the promo code, go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash Sandy, or just enter SHESLAYS, all caps, as your promo code when checking out on her Etsy store. So 
Let's go into the meat of this, which is much more the like mental issues. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Sorry, Dr. Amy. I mean, it's me too. Um, but like the stuff that's a little more within our control, I should say. So part of this is that there's a subconscious idea of escaping our life. And that sounds drastic. Many of you are going to go, I don't want to escape my life. And you're like, yeah, no, I know. But like, let's talk about it. So we go on vacation with our kids. Um, not a lot, but at least like once a year. And even though I'm bringing my kids on vacation with me, there is, if I really start to do the work, there's this subconscious escaping of the mom that I, I don't want to say have to be kind of the mom that I have to be or think I have to be when we're home. You know, it's the mom that's like, you have to brush your teeth and like, nope, you can't have too much sugar. And how much water have you drank? And like, you need to go to bed at a reasonable time. And now's not the time for tickling because it's 30 minutes past bedtime. Like it's that mom. And on vacation, I get to be like, I don't care what time you go to bed because I don't, it doesn't matter what time you wake up. So we're looking at stars right now. And I, it's not, yeah, oh, you found a bag of Cheetos? We'll deal with that tomorrow. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a fun mom. That's like a part of who I want to be. And so when we return and the drive home and my kids are like, hey, can we get ice cream after lunch? I immediately, even on the drive home, am like, no, you don't eat ice cream in the middle of the day. Uh, and I kind of set up this dichotomy. And that's a problem because I escape the one dichotomy to the other. It's that pendulum. So the more, you know, if you actually go back to episode 10, I talk on this with Megan Sanvey on like this problem that I've set up that like, vacation is escaping reality. And so then it's like balls to the wall. Sorry if that's offensive to anybody. Um, like mode of relaxation and joy and like anything goes. But then when you come back to real life, you have to rein it back in. And so the more that you can acknowledge what you're doing and almost try and like work towards a life of blending those, keep, find that homeostasis. So you don't need to feel like you need to escape your life. Um, and that's a huge thing, but like realize, even just realizing like, okay, when I return, like these issues will be there. So maybe that, and that's going to look like different things for different people. So whether that is waking up a half hour earlier before your kids are expected on vacation and looking at emails, just so it's not like, oh gosh, on Monday, I'm going to have so many emails or, you know, whatever it is, it's just checking in with yourself. It's going to look so different for every person, but the more you can acknowledge, like, I don't want to escape. I'm not escaping. I'm taking this period to relax, but not escape. Relax, but not escape. Okay. Say that again for the people in the back. So, uh, the other part of this happiness hangover is you probably have a personality. Uh, most of the people listening are small business owners. So it doesn't matter your Enneagram type or your strength finder type, but you, if you're a small business owner or um, you're of somebody who holds a postgraduate degree, like you are goal oriented you have a personality trait that at least is somewhat built on drive and achievement. 
of that sort. Um, you just tend not to do these courageous things of like going $200,000 in debt uh, if you don't have a lot of drive. So what we do with that personality type tends to want to delay happiness until you get that achievement. Um, so what I mean is like you think that if you are blissful in this moment that you'll lose that drive. It's kind of going back to that like, well, if I'm just content, then I won't, I won't get off the couch. But like, is that, is that really true? Like, you know, so what we do then is we delay that happiness. And then when we get to that air quotes finish line, it feels really empty. Uh, and it's empty because it's really lacking self-worth and we're comparing it to others. So if we dig into the like, it feels empty because of a lack of self-worth. Um, what we do is we think when we accomplish a certain thing, we cross that air quotes finish line, you will be or feel something different than you are in this moment. The problem is, is you're still you. So if you have not discovered how to find peace and fulfillment out of all of the mini accomplishments until that finish line, all of the milestones until that finish line, you will not magically be someone different who can see joy in accomplishment. If you can't find accomplishment in a three mile run, you will not find accomplishment in a 26.2 mile run, okay? So you're still you. And if you haven't built your goals on like your core values, then it's going to feel like empty. So like I did this a lot, um, not knowing in the beginning of my career what my core values were. You know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be really happy when we get to 200 a week. Okay, that wasn't happy. And so like immediately, like the day, like I've told you this, like there are these days where I come home and my poor husband, Kirby's just like, do you, I, I'm popping champagne. Are you just so happy? But like what happens is, and this is normal for our brains to do, not just as crazy people this happens to, well, mostly the crazy people, but also it's normal, um, is that immediately, when you cross that finish line or that number or that thing that we thought was gonna bring, that becomes a new baseline and we start comparing to others around us and we like almost immediately set the new goal. So now some people have mastered this. I don't, I'm gonna venture to say it did not come automatically to them. I'm gonna venture to say that people who are able to uh, be present in that accomplishment and enjoy it have had to train themselves to soak it in and that they weren't just like, designed that way to be like, yay, I did it. I'm gonna enjoy it and tomorrow I am going to set a new goal. Like most people, it's like, I saw 200, yeah, but it wasn't 250. I, You know what, I don't feel the way I thought I was gonna feel. And this all happens on a very quick subconscious level where you're like, oh man, you know, 300's gonna be great. And then 300 turns into 500 and 500 turned into 1,000. And it's like, you just get on this hedonic treadmill. Uh, and this is, again, like I can't, I swear this isn't like my defense mechanism continuing to say like, this is normal, I swear, I'm normal. Um, but it it is. So the hedonic treadmill is this idea, and we as Americans, 
and Canadians, I know we have a lot of Canadians who listen. You've also mastered this, don't worry. Uh, but like we have mastered this terrible hedonic treadmill of like always wanting bigger, better, more and not being content. So the, and that's, it comes back to this, like it's okay to not, to not be stagnant. It's not okay to think that you will become happy once X happens. Once you get the bigger house, once you've accomplished this, that is what is not okay and will never lead to fulfillment and happiness. So they've done studies where they studied people who like had an amputee, um, you know, and people who've won the lottery. I don't know how they did the study, like, but what they found is that within six months of somebody losing a limb and six months of somebody winning the lottery, they returned to their original post thing, baseline level of happiness. So this means that like, yes, was it normal or, you know, did people who lose a limb go through a period of depression? Yep, yep, yep. But on average, within six months, they were finding the same level of joy out of life that they were finding pre-amputation. Lottery winners, so many of us, right? Like we just have this financial complex of like, well, my life would be easier if I just had a million dollars. No, and, and like a lot of people who, uh, a lot of people know this and a lot of people don't. And the studies show that like within six months, I mean, there are literally TLC shows, I think it's TLC, um, about like lottery winners and all the ridiculous stuff they've done with their money and like the amount of depression and alcohol abuse and drug abuse and that like, and rehab that has happened within after that. And that's because it's just not how it works. We do not cross a finish line. The only finish line in life is the grave. And even then that can be disputed. Um, and that there isn't something magical. We don't show up as a different person. If you're not happy, I mean, um, another, oh my God, how many studies can I quote in one thing? I'm actually not quoting any of them. Wouldn't it be funny if just I just used like the phrase another study says just to pull bullshit out of my butt? Um, so anyways, I promise there's somewhere in the world there is a study. Oh, wait, what was I going to say? I got distracted. Hmm. Uh, Curb, you can edit this part out if you want. I think I'll remember it. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> the point is, don't delay happiness. There is no finish line. But you have to, in order to do that, you have to break down that content does not equal being stagnant. So what I want you to more think about is that, oh, I remembered the study. <laughs> you guys. Okay, sorry for those of you that just had to drastically turn down your volume. The study was that people think that when they would be, they'll become more generous when they become rich. So like they go like, oh, well, I would give more, I would give to the poor if I made more money, but I don't make any more, any money. You guys, I used to have an employee who I know she did not make that much money. Hello, I paid her. And yet she still donated $29 of her paycheck every month to, um, I think it was like St. Jude's. And she had done that through periods of unemployment for like a decade, like through times where she was making less than like 
$10,000 a year, she was still doing that because that was a priority to her. And so studies have shown that like, you are the same person now that you will be with money. It will just be exemplified or amplified. So if you don't give, you're not going to give. Baseline, you're the same person. You're not going to be happier. You're not going to be more generous. So the best thing you can do is start to find. That doesn't mean like you're like, oh, crap. Well, I'm not happy. So am I never going to be happy? No. The beauty is that means you can be happy right now. Right now. You can I hate this phrase, choose to be happy. Like all y'all with like depression out there, like an actual mental depression, anxiety. Like I know it's so much more complicated, so it's not meant to be that. But like the beauty is that just like accepting grace from God, you have it right now. There is nothing missing. There's nothing magical that's gonna change. You have more power in this moment than you realize. Okay, so anyways, back to content does not equal stagnation. God wants us to be content with our life. And this can get really confusing for us super faith-based people if you're like, uh, so is it not okay to want to make a million dollars? Like, because I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff of like, uh, wanting money is greedy and this and that. So I don't think that we're not going to get all like faith, go down the faith wormhole here. But God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be content with the blessings, the gifts, the talents you have. Now, if you think about it this way, though, God does not give you a fully developed or spirit or the universe. We're not born with it, whatever you want to say. Um, we're not born with a natural born speaking ability. We're not born with all of these things that go on to change the world. Like there are seeds planted in us, in our DNA that can be watered and nurtured and turned into a big, great, amazing tree that can provide shade for many. Or it can stay a seed. Now, God will love you even if you don't nurture the seed. Although actually I'm pretty sure there's a parable about like somebody who went to hell forever and ever because they didn't do anything with their seed. I'm obviously uh, <laughs> paraphrasing that incorrectly. He didn't go, the person didn't go to hell. It's a parable. It's a fake person. But anyway, so like he wants you to, the girl, whole point is like, he wants you to be content, but he doesn't want you to be lazy. And so that is a huge area of grayness for everyone. And the problem is, is I can't give you the answer in a 45 minute podcast. You got to do the work. And this is why so many people get stuck in this treadmill because they don't want to do the work of finding like, what does that look like for them? But the key is just to not delay it. Um, I used to think that if I'm happy, I'll be lazy. And the thing is, is that's not true. If we look at our life, like imagine your entire life, like the period, like a 24 hour day, there may be years or months or weeks where don't think about it like being lazy and not doing anything. Think about it like the equivalent of pulling off into a rest stop. So if we look at it in a 24 hour day, think of it like taking 30 seconds to observe a bird chirping in a tree and appreciating it. Like you would never look at that of like, come on, load the dishes. What are you doing enjoying life for 30 seconds? Yet we're so hard on ourselves, us drivers, achievers, goal-oriented people of like, 
oh my gosh, what am I doing with this six months? Have I even accomplished anything? What is my self-worth? I haven't accomplished anything. And you just got to realize like sometimes those rest stops in life are there for you to actually just re-examine, re-examine your core values and look like, are you still going in the right direction? Did you kind of take a detour, examine your life and purpose instead when we fill every second, every day, every week, every year full of this and this, what happens is we go to a like societal default, which is being led by comparison versus purpose. We want you to live a life of purpose, not led by comparison. Hey y'all, okay. So many of you have probably listened to episode 10. Um, It's my most embarrassing one for sure. It's me bearing my soul on all my brokenness and body image issues. Um, And it's basically me coaching with Megan Sanvey, who is my personal fitness coach. Uh, So she is an amazing health coach that I've been using for months now to not just reshape my body. She is helping with that and workouts, uh, but really more of our work is coming in reshaping the way I think and interact with food, workouts, and my own body and the mirror. So, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's kind of the hardest part of it, that mental part. So she's been a godsend to me, and I want to share her with all of you. So all listeners of She Slays the Day podcast can get 20% off their first month with Megan. She's going to create customized nutrition plans tailored to your life that don't put anything off limits um, because that's not realistic for the rest of your life. She's going to do customized monthly workouts depending on what you're wanting to accomplish. For me, my goals are always based around getting a Beyonce booty. uh, So my workouts have a lot of butt stuff in it. Uh, And she's going to do accountability check-ins, mindset hacks to help you overcome difficult situations, but also overcome the negativity that we've placed around food. She's been available to me 24-7. I have not messaged her at 1 in the morning, so I don't know. But so when I'm having a meltdown about the picture I looked bad in or that fifth piece of pizza that I had and I'm starting to enter my old patterns of self-loathing and shame, she's been there for me. So all listeners to this podcast get 20% off their first month with Megan just by mentioning She Slays the Day in your first free intro call. So check out sheslayspodcast.com forward slash Fierce for more information on Megan, her program, and how to connect with her. So, Dr. Amy, what do you do? (laughs) So, uh, it's complicated, right? Like most of the things that we dig into, it's not easily covered in 45 minutes. You're probably have notes, but don't feel magically different. There is no magic wand. It starts with knowing yourself and your core values. This can be done through so many different ways. It can be done through reading different spiritual books, um, Christ-based or not, faith-based or not. Um, It can be done through all of the personality tests. It can be done through doing core values tests. I mean, it can, there's so many different ways, but like if you don't allow yourself, now here's the problem, in order to know yourself, you must pause. You must pause to reflect and look and evaluate and examine. It's going to make you feel lazy for a second. It's going to because you're not, if all your self-worth is tied to an accomplishment and you're like, well, what did I accomplish? I just know myself better. Great. This month was a waste. Like it may feel a little awkward, Um, but it's incredibly important 
because everybody's, I mean, this is so cheesy, but like everybody's path to peace. Oh my God. I'm like choking on the, everybody's path to peace and fulfillment is very different. So if you're just going on the default path, the main highway that everybody's going on without thinking, it's not going to be shocking that the view around you is ugly. Like you didn't do the work to find out what was going to bring you fulfillment. Um, then this is something that I talk about with my daughter, uh, Charlie, who's seven, um, that we have to be gentler on ourselves. So it's one thing to hear these things. Uh, you're going to need to hear these things over and over and over. So like I said, like a lot of the world of self-help isn't reinventing new advice. It's repeating in different ways and the same ways and repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, and that's because we need to hear it so many different times in different ways in order for it to even start moving, uh, moving the needle. Is that the phrase? Yeah. So when inevitably you feel like shit, when you should feel great in your brain and uh, should, I hate that word. Um, but when in your mind you judge it because here I hate should because it's a judgment. It's a self-judgment, right? So instead of judging and going, gosh, darn it, you listen to She Slays the Day podcast. You know you should be happy right now and not sad. I want you to just observe it as a like third, like remove yourself from like be the person in your brain that observes you and just go, interesting. It doesn't mean you need to like force yourself to be happy. That wouldn't be what I'm saying. What I'm saying is observe it and go, isn't that interesting that you feel sad right now? And then you, if you, you can reference like, well, apparently this is normal. It doesn't feel good, but I find solace that it's normal and that I will return to a state of happiness if I don't, if I don't return to that homeostasis in a week, I will check back in with myself. But literally talk to yourself like you would a small child. Like if your child comes home from a bad, like has, it's just sad after the first day, you don't berate them with like, what's wrong with you? You got cookies for snack time. Your teacher is a magician. You have nothing to feel sad about. No, you go like, honey, that's okay. First days can be hard. Meeting people is complicated. Like there's so, like we talk to children and our friends so much gentler than we talk to ourselves. So step two after getting to know yourself is just learn to go, isn't that interesting? And observe. If you're coming off vacay and it is a little bit of that adrenal fatigue, in addition to observing, um, love and fuel your body. So go to those things of like, okay, I'm feeling kind of depressed. It might be because I fueled my body on Doritos and clamshell, wait, clamshells? White, white, white claws. That's clamshells. White claws all week. Um, so what does my body need? Well, it probably doesn't need any more white claws or gin and sodas. Um, it probably needs water and electrolytes and maybe something green and leafy. And, or, you know, if you're coming off a race, like maybe I don't need to run a five mile speed race after maybe my body just needs some yoga or to sit and stretch. I don't even need to call it yoga. Just sit in some sunlight, sunlight, water, electrolytes, green things, happy thoughts, meditation, 
literally give your body the tools to heal. Um, look back, step three, look back when you're feeling these feelings and identify what you think is missing. So like if um, you were, if you get an award and you thought this award was going to be everything since sliced bread and it was going to change your life, whatever, like the, the patients were going to start flooding in once your town recognized that you were the greatest chiropractor in the world. Um, look and go like, well, why am I sad? And start to really analyze like, okay, so I'm sad because what did I think that award was going to do? Okay, so I thought the award, because a lot of this happens on a subconscious level, and you have to consciously move through it in order to work through it. So you go like, okay, I thought that I was going to get an award, it was going to be in the paper, and that my phone was going to be ringing off the hook on Monday. Now it does, you don't need to judge whether that was a good intention or a bad intention, just acknowledging like, oh, that's why I'm not purely happy about receiving the award. It's because I thought the award would go to X. Or um, like for me, after a half marathon, my first one, like there were lots of different things that made feelings of like just discontent and meh. Uh, there, but one of them was that I thought I was going to get skinny. Oh, how do you run 20 miles a week for months and not get skinny? I actually get, um, like I gain at least five pounds of pudge when I am training, like when the closer on race day and people are like, Oh, it's muscle. No, it ain't. <laughs> like, I promise you, I can look at the mirror and show you like, Nope, it's right here in my belly. Um, it's just a weird thing that happens. So anyways, but when I go like, okay, that was a part of my expectation that I thought this would equate to that. That's interesting that I was hoping for that. And so then what you can do, the nice thing about is what you can do is once you realize why, what you thought was going to bring happiness, what you thought was going to happen, and that's why you feel sad, is that the next time you approach anything, a major project, you're working towards an achievement of any kind, you can set your intentions around that. Of like, okay, so I know my personality likes to aesthetically feel accomplished as well as, like, so when I cross a half marathon, I like to not just feel like, yeah, my body is powerful and can do cool stuff. I also like it when aesthetically it looks more powerful. So that means that while I'm training, it means that like I'm a little more careful of carb loading. But it also means that like I know when I cross it, like, eh, if it happens, it happens. But like I know in the past it's been a disappointment. But, but you just set these intentions. If it's around a project, if in the past you didn't get as much recognition from your boss on accomplishing something, when you're going into a new project, setting the intentions of like, okay, I want to know that I did a good job from my boss. So this entire time I am going to be looking for the good job emails or wow, that's great. I didn't even need any edits or like, you know, like any of those little mini things along the way, because if your boss isn't the type that's going to throw you a celebration pro uh, launch party, you are going to need to look for those mini steps along the way, those things from your boss. Does that, I hope that makes sense where it's like, when you look back on what was missing, the next time you can set intentions to really soak in those moments along the way. And this lands us with our final thing, 
which is you must be present once you've set those intentions, you must be present to actually acknowledge those when they're happening along the course towards that finish line. So this is hard. And like, again, studies have shown um, that our brain much more cements in negative memories and much easier than it does positive ones. So that's why when we cross that finish line, we look back on the hard runs, the shitty days, the bad emails, um, all of those negative things so much easier than we do the mini wins. And that's because it takes about 30 seconds of being present to consciously soak in a positive memory in order for you to be able to kind of go back. So that means that when you're coming from vacation and you're like, how was vacation? I mean, it was good. It means that the next vacation you take with your family, you need to set the intention that like at the end, I want to feel peace. There are moments of peace. It means during that sunset, you have to go, oh my gosh, right now I feel peace. I, my kids are actually sitting here quietly. This is a beautiful moment. Soak it in. And the more you do that, in all of like these courses towards the finish line, no matter what it looks like, a race, a project, any end goal, the more you learn to spend 30 seconds to be present in those many wins, that joy and fulfillment on the other side of this hypothetical finish line will feel so much more fulfilling. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that that was... <laughs> something. If it's brought up things, please write a review. I want a new one. Um, send us comments, send us questions, send us anything that this brought up for you. We love interacting with you guys so much. Um, it really does make talking into a piece of technology so much better when I do realize that like, hey, Lauren, when you said that thing, like, that was cool. And you don't have to agree either. I actually have really liked some of the um, messages that were like, I see what you're saying, but I've always thought of it this way. And I'm like, whoa, mind blown. That's a valid point because then it just makes me better. And like when I'm answering questions about self-worth in the future, like it just makes the answer more inclusive. And that's what I want. So love you all so much. And just be kind to yourselves and be kind to others because everybody is working through their own version of crazy and um, we're all just works in progress. All right, till next Sunday. Bye, She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative, 
so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 